You are listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. You will be hearing a sermon from Pastor Jared Aron. So without further ado, here he is. I'll be reading from Isaiah 55, 1 through 11. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, Come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Well, good morning, everybody. I was really humbled uh, last Sunday. I was doing the scripture reading for the prayer focus. I was having the hardest time reading the words. And I realized I'm getting older and older. So my notes, i got to keep increasing the font on my notes as the years go by. It's very humbling for me. I'm only 36, so that's why I say that. But last Sunday, Pastor Dave kicked off uh, this series uh, that we're in. And we're taking a fresh look at our Sunday worship service and the different elements that we incorporate in it. And just remind ourselves, why do we do what we do each Sunday? And I really thought he was going to title the series, This Is How We Do It, and bring in some Montel Jordan. And I wanted to do that this morning, but I am so white that I know that it would go really bad if I tried. So I didn't even attempt it. The last Sunday, he talked about how do we approach Sunday and enter into into holy ground. This is a sacred time for us to encounter God. And today, I'll be sharing about how do we approach the Word of God, and specifically the Sunday sermon. And when I look back on my life, I realize what a huge role the Word of God has played throughout my years in shaping who I am. I can remember significant sermons that I've heard that have really kind of directed my life. 
remember times just reading the Bible on my own when God used a verse or a passage to do something great in my life and to lead me forward, to challenge and encourage me. And even this week, this week, I, for a couple of days, I was in a really, like, funk. I was discouraged over something that happened in my life. And you can ask my wife, I was not pleasant to be around for about two days. I'm really grateful that she loves me and puts up with me, especially in times like that. But in the middle of the week, I was reading a book, and it referenced something in Luke 22. And I went to that scripture, and God used his word once again to rescue me, to call me out of where I was, and to lead me forward. And there have been, there have been countless times where the word of God has done that in my life. And as a church, I hope you know we are committed to the authority and centrality of Scripture and our need for the Word of God in our lives as followers of Jesus. And I want to reference a statement um, from the core values of our Thrive Network uh, that shares about what we believe about the Word of God. It says the power of God's Word. We believe that the Word of God has the power to make spiritually dead people come alive and to transform believers into full maturity as disciples of Jesus. Thus, we value deep and faithful teaching from Scripture and the integration of God's Word into all facets of ministry. We never want to underestimate the value of God's Word and our desperate need for it. This morning, we're going to specifically focus on how God's Word plays a central role in our Sunday service specifically through the sermon. And what does it mean for you as the hearer when you hear a sermon preached? As we look at Isaiah 55, I want to address how we should approach God's word as we hear the sermon delivered and as we engage the word of God personally in our own lives. And I want to throw out three questions for us to look at this morning. When we approach God's word, What should be our posture as we get ready to hear the word of God? That's the first thing. The second thing is, what is the invitation that God is giving us through his word? And the last thing is, what should our expectations be when we encounter the word of God in our lives? So I just want to, before we go any further, I just want to pause and pray for us um, that God would just really lead us this morning. God, I pray right now that you would allow us to check our hearts, that we'd be mindful of our posture even now as we get ready to hear your word delivered. God, we really do thank you that you have not left us alone to figure out who you are, but you have revealed yourself through the holy scriptures. You've invited us to know you. And I pray this morning, God, that you just raise the bar for us, that we would have great expectations when we come to your word and when we eat of the food that you've given us. And I pray, God, even this morning, that you would do something great in us as your people. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So the first question, what should be our posture? And I want to look at Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 to start with. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Have you had a a moment recently where you realized how small you really are? For me, it often happens when I encounter God's creation. And uh, the most recent moment for for me was on our summer mission trip to Tuba City. And uh, our Tuba City team, we usually go to this place called Coal Miners Canyon. It's about 20 minutes from Tuba City. I've been to Tuba City. This is my fifth year. This is my first time going to Coal Miners Canyon. There's a reason for that because I'm scared of heights, so I don't like those views. But here's a picture of Joshua and myself at Coal Miners Canyon um, this year. And when I was there, I was just in awe as I peered down into the vast canyon. I was just a sense of wonder of God's world. A reminder how small and limited I am in view of God. God says in his word, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. These verses speak of God's transcendence, that he is high above, he is holy, he is above the material world that we see. His thoughts and ways are so much greater than we can ever imagine. And I really believe a canyon is a good illustration for this. In a canyon, there's a chasm between the two sides of the earth. And there's a large chasm between the thoughts and ways of God and our own. And there's no way that we can bridge the large gap to know God more on our own. And yet God makes the first move with us. He bridges the chasm, and he bridges it through giving us his word. And God's word reveals to us his thoughts, his ways, his heart, and ultimately the essence of who he is. And understanding the large chasm between God's ways and our ways affects the way that we approach the Word of God. It characterizes the posture that we should take when we encounter God's Word. I was watching the last few innings of Game 7 of the World Series on Wednesday night. It was a great finish to the series. And Pastor Frank and I both were talking about, we agree that if Alex Gordon, this guy pictured here, If he was running full out on that hit, they should have sent him for the inside the park home run. They would have tied it up, made it more dramatic. But I don't don't think he was fully running around the bases. In watching baseball, I was reminded how much goes into each encounter between a pitcher and a batter. There's an approach that's taken by each one of them to get ready. The positioning of the feet, the balance, the posture, the mental game. And in a similar way, when we approach the Word of God, there are certain things that need to take place to be prepared for the encounter. First, our approach to the Word of God must be characterized by humility. And the word humility has its root in the Latin word humus. I want to say hummus when I see that meaning of the earth, and understanding our smallness, our limitations, keeps us grounded 
And in our limitations, we are called to yield and receive the word of God that comes from the one who stands high and above us. Another thing is our approach to the word of God must be characterized by readiness. I don't want to shame anybody, but when it comes time to hear the sermon, what are you getting ready for? A little sleep? Get a little nap in? We all got an extra hour of sleep, so there's no excuse this morning for anybody falling asleep. Are you distracted? Are you planning out your grocery shopping list or the schedule for your week? I fear now that I mention that, you're going to start doing that right now. Like, I never thought of that. I could do that right now. But our posture, I really believe, should be one of open hands, ready to receive and embrace what God wants to say to us. Our creator is reaching out to us through his word. And he wants us to receive and to hear what he's saying. I truly believe every encounter with God's word is an opportunity to hear from God. I think the question is, are we ready for it? Whether you're reading your Bible on your own, you're listening to a scripture passage read at community group, or you're hearing a sermon, I believe we need to do a quick heart check in those moments. And what is the posture of my heart right now? Is my posture reflecting humility and readiness to encounter God's word? Our posture matters. The second question I want to address is, what is the invitation that God is giving us through his word? I think some of you are going to like this, but the invitation is to eat. To eat spiritual food. It says in verse 1 through 3, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come Buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. The imagery of these verses is a speaker announcing a feast open to everyone. There's a grand banquet spread. And that looks good, doesn't it, right? And all are welcome to come and eat. There's an invitation to enjoy and delight in the good food that has been provided. When we approach and hear the word of God preached, there is spiritual food being offered to us. The invitation is not just to look and say, wow, that food looks really good. I wonder what it tastes like. The invitation is to eat, to consume, to chew, digest. Let the word of God impact your heart and your life. I'll be honest, I'm not a foodie. I know we have a lot of foodies in the room right now. And when I look, at, look back at my younger years growing up and analyze my relationship with food, I ate because I needed to. 
food was a necessity to the rhythm of my life. It was a matter of survival. And this is what Isaiah is saying here. This is what God is saying here. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. God is saying here, you need to hear from me in order to live, in order to survive. Just like you can't survive without taking in calories that provide fuel for your body, Similarly, you need the word of God to spiritually survive. Jesus, when he was faced uh, in the wilderness with temptation by the enemy, he said these words. He says, people do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I think one of the quickest ways for us to spiritually decay to grow stagnant, is to neglect the word of God in your life. And I really believe some of us today are so spiritually hungry right now because we're not taking the word of God into our lives. We need God's word for spiritual life and survival. We need to build our lives on what God says is true and good and right. The word of God is sustenance to our souls. There's no doubt we need food to survive, but it's so much more than that. My view of food radically changed as I began dating Yvonne and entering into her family life. And I quickly realized in her family that food was not just food. No, 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 no. Food was central to their family. The course of each day, it was one of the main highlights for that day. Early on in the morning, there was chatter. What was going to be on the menu for that day? There was a sense of anticipation and delight on what food would touch our palates that day and bring joy and satisfaction. This is what God is also saying about his word. Verse 2, why spend money on what is not bread? and your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. God is saying here that we again need to listen to what he says. And what he says is good will bring delight and satisfaction. God is saying that food is more than calories. There's a sense of awe and wonder and how different foods awaken our taste buds, surprise us with its goodness, and brings true delight when we experience it. If you think back on your life, this is a good icebreaker question for community group, but what is the greatest meal that you've ever had in the course of your whole life? And I'll answer that because we don't have time for everybody to answer it. But my greatest meal takes me all the way across the world to Singapore, where I've been on numerous occasions to visit Yvonne's family with her. And I've had a lot of amazing meals in Singapore. There's just something about food in that country. They know how to do it. But one stands above it all. It's Singaporean chili crab. Has anybody else ever had this? Anybody else? A few people, okay. Man, 
Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> so they usually use mud crabs, and that doesn't mean much to me, but the crab is stir-fried in a tomato and chili-based sauce. And the sauce is so good, they give you the sweet bread to kind of dip into the sauce and, and eat. And man, it is amazing. I have yet to find it here in Chicagoland. We went to a restaurant that had it on the menu, but they basically just dumped chili sauce on crab, and it wasn't, wasn't the same. But the same is true for the word of God. There is a richness that brings delight to our souls. It satisfies us deeply. There should be an anticipation when we approach the word of God and look forward to what will God say to me this time? How will he speak to me right now? And I really believe the invitation is available to us each and every Sunday. I believe the pastors work hard to prepare the meal, which is the preached word. But we've got to eat. We can't just look at the food. Don't just hear the information from the sermon. Let the word of God go deeper and impact your heart and your life. Engage it. Chew on it. Digest it. And here's another thing that's very important. You can't just eat one day a week. No one can survive on one meal a week. The Sunday sermon should really be the appetizer for the rest of the week. From Monday to Saturday, there is a need for us to daily engage the scripture and live out the truth that people do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And there are so many resources out there for daily Bible reading plans. I'll give a plug to our Harvest mobile app. We have a daily Bible reading plan on the app. And I would highly encourage you, no matter how young or old you are, if you're not on a plan to read the Bible daily, don't wait any longer. This is something very simple. Even if it's just five minutes a day to begin to take heed of and to incorporate in your life. I want to especially encourage our youth group students. I think one of the best things you can do early on in your life is to get in the practice of reading your Bible every single day. It will lay a foundation for your life of following God for the rest of your lives. Our hope is that we will be a church filled with people who are in a steady, satisfying diet of the Word of God. And as we respond to the invitation to eat, that God will use his word, not only to help us survive, but to be deeply satisfied with him. The last question to offer to us is, what should our expectations be when we approach the word of God? I love these verses, verse 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty 
that will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You know, hearing the imagery of seeds being planted and growing, it reminds me how terrible Yvonne and I are at gardening. We share this together, so... We have planted things or bought, bought flowers to no avail. We get, get excited every single spring. We go to Home Depot, buy new flowers. We think it's going to work this year, and it never works. We are weak in this area of our lives, and every time we try something new, there's always a return on the investment. And the return is always death for those poor plants that we buy. When God sends forth his word, there is a return on the investment. There's a guarantee. There's a promise. It says, as sure as the rain that waters the seed results in producing seed and ultimately bread, God's word will never be wasted. It will never return void or empty God's word will always accomplish bringing forth life and power to those who hear it. The word of God always fulfills its purposes. And I know it's hard with with expectations. Um, I know it can be difficult for us to learn how to manage expectations. Often we'll lower our expectations in order to protect our hearts whether it's rooting for your favorite sports team, trying a new restaurant, or going to see that movie that everybody's talking about, we often defend ourselves from disappointment by lowering the bar and tempering our hopes. I really don't like it when someone talks up a movie or a show. You can say it's good, but when they go on and on, it always raises the bar way too high. I know I'm going to be disappointed when I see it. But when it comes to the Word of God, I think many of us have lowered our expectations of what God will do with his word for whatever reason. And this morning, I want to call us back to a place of expecting more. This is the word of God given to us so we can know him. His word is powerful, will accomplish great things His word will never be wasted. It never yields an empty return on the investment. So instead of lowering our expectations of his word, I really believe God wants us to have greater expectations for what he wants to do in us and through us when we encounter his holy word. When you open up your Bible and read it on your your own, I want to call you to expect great things. I don't think every time you're going to have a lightning bolt moment. I don't every time I pick up the Bible. But over the course of my life, God has done great things through the faithful reading of his word. When you hear a sermon preached, expect great things. Not because of the preacher, but because the God of the universe is reaching out through his word. He's speaking through his word, which is living and active. It's funny, like even this morning, I was reading my one-year Bible, and this was one of the verses in today's reading. But Hebrews 4.12, many of us know this. 
But the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible stands alone from all other books because it is living and active. God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, is constantly speaking and working through his living word. And the word of God will transform us. And this week for me, just, I mean, the gift of being able to prepare a message like this is God is shaping me and molding me. I'm just reminded afresh how much I need the power of God's word in my own life. And I know the same is true for you. Our expectations should not be less when we encounter the word of God, but it should be so much more. And here's the deal. The power and the yield from the word of God really comes when the word intersects the life of a human being. And the word of God makes us the people that God wants us to be. The power and purpose of the word is demonstrated when we actually begin to become and do what the word tells us. And this is what Eugene Peterson's talking about in this quote. He says, Christians don't simply learn or study or use scripture. We assimilate it. We take it into our lives in such a way that it gets metabolized into acts of love, cups of cold water, missions into all the world, healing and evangelism and justice in Jesus' name, hands raised in adoration of the Father, feet washed in company with the Son. My hope for us today is that we would once again believe in the power of the Word of God. That we would never forget that God is always working when we encounter His Word. And that we would really have great expectations to hear from God and to be changed by his living and active word. As I wrap up, I want to ask you know, one final question. What do you really want when you come here on Sunday morning? And maybe even a better question is, what do you really need when you come here on a Sunday morning to church? I understand it's great to see friends or meet new people and be a part of community. That's an important thing that happens here on Sunday. I understand it's important to remain committed to Sunday worship as a discipline and a spiritual practice. I get that. But going back to Pastor Dave's sermon from last week, deep down, I believe we all need And ultimately, what we really want is to encounter God on Sundays. And part of encountering God is listening to him speak through his word. And the word of God is one of the greatest avenues that we have in building a life-giving, personal relationship with God himself. It's important to never forget the word of God is really a bridge for us to know God and to enjoy him and to seek after him and build a relationship with him. I like how Tozer puts it. He says, the Bible 
is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God, that they may enter into him, that they may delight in his presence, may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God himself in the core and center of their hearts. The word of God is a precious gift. It's a treasure we have been given to build a relationship with God. Wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, I pray today that you would take a first step or a next step to engage the word of God in your life. Not for the sake of duty or obligation or to get smarter or to get more information, but to enjoy a life-giving relationship with our great God by having a steady diet of spiritual food to eat and to enjoy and trusting that God will do great things and show forth his power and reveal his purposes through his word in your life. Before I close us in prayer, I want to read Isaiah 55 one more time for us. And I just want to invite you right now into a posture of readiness, a posture of humility, a posture of eating and enjoying the word of God in your life, remembering that God never wastes his word. Every time we encounter it, it fulfills his purpose. So this is the word of God from Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? and your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. Nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish 
so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a God of mercy. You are a God who, in our turning away from you, are constantly inviting us back to yourself. And maybe for some of us, we just need to confess this morning that sometimes we don't really believe that your ways and your thoughts are that much greater than our, than our own. We just need to acknowledge our need for humility. Our need to really turn to your word to guide us, to lead us, to feed us what we need. And I pray for those here right now that are so hungry, so desperate, God, to encounter your word. God, I pray that you would provide the food that they need. That they would take a next step today, God, to engage the word of God in a greater way in their life. And they would begin to eat and enjoy and be satisfied by your truth and your life-giving power from your word. I pray for those of us, God, that have been walking with you for a long time. And maybe we were in the practice of regularly reading our Bible, but our approach has been off. It's just become a duty or an obligation. I pray the next time we open up your word in our homes or our workplaces, God, there'd be a fresh encounter, a fresh approach to how we engage the scripture. God, you would cultivate our posture, that we would be people who are ready to hear from you, from your word. And God, I do pray, God, that we would believe that your word never returns empty or void. It will never be wasted, God. I pray that we would believe in the power of your word, that we would expect great things every time we hear it read or preached, God. Lord, I just want to thank you, God, for what you're doing right now, because we've heard your word, and it's fulfilling its purpose right now, and so, God, we just put our confidence in you. And I pray, God, as we sing these songs, God, you just continue to be at work in our hearts, drawing attention to what we need to hear from you and ultimately how we need to respond. So, God, we thank you for your precious word. It is a treasure for us, God. Help us never to take it for granted. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.